I think preaching without notes is a worthwhile endeavor. And that's why this is part two of how to preach without notes. If you missed part one, I will recap what we talked about. And in this episode, we'll finish this idea of how to preach without notes. If you want to preach in a way that's engaging to your audience from start to finish, then preaching without notes can be a vital component of that. Because essentially what it does is it prevents you from being tied to your notes and diverting your attention away from your audience and to your notes so that what they see is you reading your notes instead of engaging with them. That's what you don't want. Preaching without notes, or at least preaching without a dependency on your notes, in other words, you have notes, but you don't really need them, you don't really look at them, what that can do is enable you to be free to engage with your audience. So think about eye contact, more kind of bodily engagement, like you're, you're kind of present with them instead of diverting your attention away from them and onto your notes. So what we talked about last week was, first of all, why this is a worthwhile endeavor. While it's not necessarily for everybody, some people do like to use a manuscript and can do that well. And some people can handle notes well, but I still say reduce the amount of dependency that you have on notes. So what we covered in this four-step process in our last episode was reduce the amount of notes that you allow yourself. That was number one. And then number two, set up a flow of touch points and triggers. So again, if you missed that, just go back and watch the episode. It's episode 97. This is episode 98, where we're going to go through step three and step four of how to preach without notes. If you're new here, my name is Lane. This is the Preaching Donkey Podcast. Welcome. Be sure to go to preachingdonkey.com. Pick up my free 21-day guide to creating killer sermons. It's a three-week, three-step process that will walk you through how to create and deliver a compelling message. So whether you've been preaching for a long time and you're just looking for something new, something fresh, something I, you know, maybe that you haven't seen before or haven't seen in a while, or if you're new to preaching and you're just saying, hey, I, I can take all the help I can get, well, there's something there for you. PreachingDonkey.com slash 21 days. That's my 21-day guide to creating killer sermons. Totally free. Just, just say thanks for coming by and hanging out with me today. My desire to preach without notes started with this question. We talked about this last week. What if I could train myself to not need notes at all? What if I could prepare in such a way that I could deliver a message and never look down, but maintain eye contact and physical engagement with my listeners from start to finish? What if you could too? So I began training myself to not use notes, and I'm sharing what I've discovered with you. The first two steps are to reduce the amount of notes you allow yourself. We talked about that. And build a flow of touch points and triggers. You can read, you can listen to more in part one, so go do that. For today, let's look at the next two steps to preaching without notes. Number three, rehearsing and internalizing your message. Now, I talked about rehearsing your message a couple weeks ago on the podcast. You can check that out. It's called Preach What You Practice. But it's not just about rehearsing, but it's about internalizing and fully understanding your message. That is so vital to preaching without notes. The next step is to take that one page with your touch points and triggers and rehearse. In my episode on that, practice what you preach or preach what you practice, I make the argument for rehearsing out loud every message that you deliver. You can take a look at that to understand why it's important. But for our purposes, you can't preach without notes if the message is not in you. That's worth saying again. I'm going to say it again. I'm just so proud of that line. You, you can't preach without notes if the message is not in you. The way the message gets in you is by internalizing it. 
This is different than memorizing it. Memorization is what you do when you cram for a test. Internalizing is when the touch points of the sermon, the key ideas, right? Think about the key ideas and how they flow from one point to the next, from one idea to the next. The touch points of the sermon, the important ideas you want to communicate are burned into your heart and mind. This allows you to let what's inside of you come out rather than just trying to memorize what you wrote down. So this is so vital. If you are going to attempt to preach without notes or at least preach without looking at your notes often or at all, what you have to do is not just have an ancillary understanding of what you wrote because you're not depending on your notes. You can't read them. There's not as much of them. There's not as many of them as maybe there used to be when you had three pages or you had a manuscript. I mean, this is really like you have to understand your message. It has to be inside of you. You can't just memorize what you said because if you memorize it and you you lose your place in that memorization, then you're gonna stumble. You have to go one step further and you have to kind of let it get inside of you. You have to internalize it. You have to relate to it. You have to kind of put it on. The way that you do this is by taking what you've prepared and rehearsing it so that you know what it sounds like when you say it. You know what these words sound like when they're coming out of your mouth. You know how these transitions feel from one point to another, from one illustration to another, from one, you know, from reading the text to making the point about the text, to illustrating it, to teaching it, to applying it. You, you have all this in your head. You know how it feels when you say it. You know how it sounds when you say it. You know how much time it's going to take. You know the things in the message that you're really looking forward to saying or explaining or the share, the, the story that you're really looking forward to share. You have all of this inside of you, and it has to be inside of you. It cannot just be on paper that you're going to have because you won't have it. This is a major shift for some people, and it may be the thing that makes this not worth doing. I say that not in that it's not a worthwhile endeavor. I think it is. But if you are looking at this and you're saying, wow, I have a system that works for me, and this just seems like way too much work, I still think it's worth doing for the sole purpose of you're gonna be more engaging if you learn how to do this, but it may not feel worth it to you. And if that's the case, then maybe it's not something that you should do or maybe it's not something that you should do right now. But for those of you who want to reduce the dependency you have on your notes, get to the point where you don't even need to look at them, you have to internalize it. Internalizing comes from rehearsing. You have to know what you're saying, how you're saying it, what it feels like, what it sounds like. The reason why I'm, I'm hammering this so much is that I think a lot of times people will overestimate their ability to just read words and know how those words translate into spoken word and a sermon. And when you do that and you get rid of most of the notes that you're using and you reduce your you know ability or habit of looking at them, it can actually diminish the quality of your messages. And I don't want that. You have to do this as a package. It all has to happen at the same time. You have to, at the same time that you are reducing your notes, you have to also reduce the amount of dependency you have on them. You have to also internalize your message. To do that, you have to also rehearse it. And I think that all of this makes for a better sermon if it's all done at the same time. That's what I'm saying, in a process over time. 
So number three is rehearse and internalize your message. If you want more about that idea, go back a few episodes, watch the episode about rehearsing, and I think you're gonna find that it's, I think it's called This Vital Step is Missing from Your Sermon Prep. That's the name of it. Go check that out because it will walk you through how this is done, and it is like such a crucial part of this process. Number four, this is huge. It's kind of, this is kind of a cheat, okay? So, so far what we've said, all of what we said so far is like hard work. This is where it gets kind of easy. Use your presentation slides to your advantage. Okay, presentation slides. All It's just a fancy way of saying, use what is on the screen that people see to your advantage. So remember yesterday or last week when I said that you want to avoid diverting your attention to something that your audience can't also see, right? So if I'm looking at my notes, the reason why I don't think looking at your notes is a worthwhile thing to do while, while I try to avoid it is because when I'm looking at my notes and I'm looking down at them, what you're looking at is the top of my head. At best, you're watching me watch something else. You're watching me read my notes. That is not engaging. What I would much prefer is that you never divert your attention away from your audience and or never uh, give your attention to something that they themselves can't also see. And that's a huge, huge distinction. Here's what I mean by that. If I have a piece of paper on stage with me and I look down to read it, I'm looking away from my audience and onto something else. I just demonstrated that for you. This provides an opportunity for my audience to disengage with my content, which by the way, your audience is looking for every reason under the sun to disengage with your content. Not because they're bad people, not because they have low attention spans or whatever, but just because life moves really fast and in their hand, is everything they could ever need for a distraction, right? There's my little golden retriever, Hendrix. But it's literally everything they could ever need to distract themselves. They can check social media, email, text messages. They can look at sports statistics. They can check where they're gonna go for lunch. They can, anything they wanna do, it's right there in their hand. So anytime you provide them with an easy opportunity to kind of divert their attention away, you risk losing them. And again, going back to something I said last week, attention is the most important thing. It's the most important thing because without their attention, you cannot get a message across. No matter how good the message might be, if you don't have their attention, you don't have anything. So it's, it's essential that you, we understand this. But what if I could bring my audience's attention to a scripture or key idea that we read together? What I'm referring to is the screen, okay, which is nothing new. But I wanna give some suggestions on how to make the most out of it. First, consider using a TV on stage with you. I have used a TV on stage with me for years after seeing Andy Stanley. Of course, he pioneered this idea several years ago. At, the, at this point, it's like old to do it. It's probably old school to have a TV on stage. I still like it. In my old age, I'm getting kind of stuck in my ways, but there are some things about it that are ju that just, it's, it's effective. It's just effective. I'm not saying everybody has to do it. It may not be your style, that's totally fine but there are some major benefits to it. What this allows me to do is draw my listeners' attention to the idea as we read it together. Because it's a TV right next to me, they don't have to divert their attention away from me to see it. Some, however, depending on the size of your room, will be watching on the big screens, but they'll see the same thing, me engaging a scripture, idea, or concept with them. So 
here's here's why this is 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 so vital to, to kind of understand. First of all, you could say, well, there's screens in the room. The problem with that is what it's almost the same thing as reading your notes. When I see somebody say, okay, and up on the screen, we've got, you know, right over here on the screen, it's, it's just right there, just check it out. Well, what do you see right now? You're looking at the back of my head. It's almost no different than when I'm looking down at my notes and you're looking at the top of my head. Contrast that with when the notes are right next to me and I say right here, boom, on this screen, right here, this idea, like here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, here's the bottom line, here's the point. That is so much more engaging because I'm looking at it, I'm drawing your attention to it, and so I'm looking at something that you can also see. But I'm not asking you to divert your attention away from me, the messenger, I'm asking you to just draw your attention right into what I'm looking at and it's right next to me. Now, if you do image magnification, in other words, if you have cameras in the room where you, your big head is on the screen, which is a great thing to do no matter how big the size of the room is, I might do a video about that soon. If you do that, include the whole package up on the screen. So in other words, a lot of times where I'll, I'll see churches get this wrong is where they have the pastor with his screen and then what's on the screen the other screen is just what's on his TV. That Don't do it that way. Instead, capture that whole image, right, of the pastor with the screen next to him. Stick that up on the screen, and you'll have a much more engaging experience because when they're looking at the screens, they'll also see the pastor and the TV that's right next to them. Much more effective way to do it. If you want to see how that works, um, let me know in the comments and I might make a, a video kind of demonstrating how that works visually. But the point to remember here, if you don't have this whole setup with screens and cameras and lights and action and all that, the concept, the principle remains the same. Make sure that anything you're drawing your listeners' attention to, anything you're drawing your attention to and away from your audience is something that they can also see. So again, when you're reading the scripture, they, at a minimum, you're asking them to also read that scripture, whether it's on the screen or not. You're saying, hey, turn in your phones, turn in your Bibles to whatever. Aside from that, if it's just your notes that you put on your page and you're reading your notes, now you're looking at something, you're diverting your attention away from them. They can't see what you're reading. So now they're watching you read something else. That's what you want to avoid. You want to keep the engagement as much as possible throughout the entire message. And by doing, by, by preaching without notes, by just glancing if you need it, and because it's internalized, it's in you, you reduce the amount of dependency you have on the notes, you have a much, much bigger, better chance of capturing their attention and keeping it for longer. This method allows me to still read ideas and concepts on stage, but do it with the audience coming along for the ride. But that's not the best part. We have confidence monitors in our auditorium. A confidence monitor is just a fancy way of describing a screen that's pointed at the stage instead of the audience. So when I'm preaching, I can see the monitor. So using ProPresenter software, I can see my current slide and my next slide. So all I have to do if I get stuck is look up at the monitor and see what the slide, the next slide is before advancing to it. This serves as a trigger for that next touch point as, a general, as, as I generally have each slide representing a major touch point I wanna communicate. The beauty of this is the confidence monitors are placed in such a way that when I look at them, it just looks like I'm looking at the audience. So this is like next level, kind of next layer um, uh, stuff, but th th it's actually a pretty simple model. So 
In our last episode, I walked through how I have touch points and triggers in my notes. Like I'm going from one idea to the next. Those are touch points, like big things I wanna talk about. And then the triggers help me kind of in a, in a statement, in a line, kind of get from one idea to the next. I do the same thing when I have an onstage monitor. Most of those touch points and triggers end up on that monitor. I've, I translate them into what would make sense to my listeners and that's how I walk through my message almost entirely without ever even looking at my notes. They really serve as just a backup at that point when I have this setup. Well, if I have a confidence monitor that shows me my current slide, in other words, it shows me what is on my TV screen right then that everybody's looking at, and it shows me what's next, and it's facing me from the audience, and I can look at it, and it just looks like I'm looking at the audience. I'm still making eye contact with them because I'm literally just happen to glance just past them at the wall behind them where there's this confidence monitor that I can see. It allows me to never get lost. It allows me to know exactly what's coming next. It allows me to finish this idea and then start that idea and then get it on my screen, right? Either I advance it or I signal to advance the slide. It all works so beautifully. And what it does is it, it, it accomplishes me not having, and a reason why I call this a cheat is because if you do this well and you have a good system for this, some of the other things you don't have to do all that well. Like you don't have to internalize it as intensely. You don't have to you know, completely reduce your dependency on notes because you're kind of depending on this system and the notes just purely become a backup. But the audience, the listeners, they know nothing different. You're still engaging them. You're still making eye contact with them. You're still giving a compelling message. You're still never diverting your attention away from them to something that they can't also see. It's all done so beautifully, like right there in the moment. And you're just saying, hey, boom, this idea, boom, that idea, boom, that idea. So that, I just, I love that. It's awesome. And it has helped me to accomplish this result without having to just get up there and memorize it, which is, can be tough. Internalize it, yes. Understand it, yes. Memorize it, that's a lot to memorize. And I think I can come very close to memorizing uh, in, a, in a healthy way when I internalize. And then these things serve as just a complete fail safe when I get up there. So what, do you want, what are you gonna do? Give it a try. The four steps in this series are how I've been able to move away from notes to a more engaging delivery. So give it a try. Tell me in the comments how it's going. I'd love to help any way I can. What methods do you use to move away from your dependency on using notes? That's what I'd love to hear from you. How, if, if you preach without notes, what are some things that you do that I maybe didn't mention that help you get to that end result? Be sure to go to preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, get that free guide that will help you in this process because that's, that's a guide about preparing and studying for your message. And as you're doing that, it will help you to internalize it and preach without notes even better. So preachingdonkey.com slash 21 days, totally free. I'll see you in the next episode. Until then, remember, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you and he can speak through me. We'll see you next time here at the Preaching Donkey Podcast.